Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus. Stay chill or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pre-roll time. You know the Cheers to Comics podcast is proudly brought to you by Inked Marketing Solutions. And the Inked Marketing Solutions crowdfunded comic for this episode. Well, it belongs to Trickster. Mm-hmm. And it's ending soon, so do not miss out on this amazing special 48-page 48, 48 comic. Once again, brought to you by Inked Publishing now. Trickster is a funny, fast-paced or comedy series. Got to love a little bit of horror and a little bit of comedy with a whole lot of zoom, zoom. A sometimes dark look at a man. It says in quotation marks. Hmm, I wonder what that could be implying there. A man who never believed he could be a leader until he finally chooses to become one. Mm-hmm. Rory is your typical everyday banished leprechaun. Naturally. Ah, man. He runs a bar in Boston and uses his powers of illusion to protect his neighborhood from the thieves of the world. I feel like I'm doing this ad injustice by not having a an Irish accent, but unfortunately that's the best that's the best it gets for me. Regardless, if they use a gun or a contract as their weapon. Mm-hmm. When monsters from this homeland begin showing up, Rory realizes that not only are these creatures putting humanity at risk, they're proving disastrous for his drinking time. <laughs> you see, Rory has a secret. I dig it, man. It's ending on the 13th. This crowdfunded Kickstarter comic ends on the 13th. You gotta head on over to inked.pub slash trickster. Once again, that's inked.pub, pub, not bub, pub slash trickster. And that's, uh, yeah, get your hands on a copy of Trickster, 48 pages. Mmm. Of radio.
Well, hello again, and welcome back to the Cheers to Comics podcast. I'm your host, Brian Wayne, and this is episode 356. The 356th episode of the Cheers to Comics podcast will be a creator corner. And uh, thanks to Inked Marketing and the NSC Live Roadshow Tour, the creator that I cornered on this episode is none other than Travis Webb. Travis Webb, well, we'll be talking about Starlight now on Kickstarter. Starter. So, uh, yeah, before we even get into this, you could just jump in blindly with a leap of faith. Head on over to Kickstarter and search Starlight. That's L-I-T-E. S-T-A-R-L-I-T-E. And, uh, yeah, man, it gets you some of this. Uh, but we're going to get into all of that in uh, much greater detail when I dive into this conversation here with Travis Webb. But foist! i got to tell you about the newest affiliate of the Cheers to Comics, and that's going to be Nerds Forever. Proudly located in Newcastle, Wyoming, Nerds Forever is my favorite place to get comic books from. I said it. I've been saying, eh, it's one of my favorite places. No, 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 no. It is my favorite place. I've done determined it. The, 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 the service is just too incredible. But if you're not in Newcastle, Wyoming, Nerds Forever makes it easy for you to still obtain that, uh, that, 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 that level of just, mm, I can't believe the experience with this good coming from a comic book store, because let's face it, it's not always great, people. It's not. Um, 307nerdsforever.com is where you want to go if you're not in Newcastle, Wyoming. And uh, use code CHEERS at checkout. Save yourself 10%. CHEERS at checkout at nerds 307nerdsforever.com. That's the number four. 307nerdsforever.com. Use code CHEERS at checkout and save yourself 10%. And uh, just have yourself a fantastic freaking comic book buying experience. On top of it all, always adding new inventory constantly. So check it out, 307nerdsforever.com. Cheers at checkout now. Without any further ado, I bring to you my conversation with Travis Webb, brought to me uh, thanks to the uh, the NSC Roadshow Tour from Inked Marketing. Uh, Enjoy this one. All right, Travis. How are you, man? Welcome. Hey, it's great to be here. Good. Thanks, uh, you, you know, I'm uh, I'm excited to do this. Um, you know, I know that uh, you're you're in cahoots with the uh, Inked Marketing, and this is part of the. Uh, you know, I'm I'm one of the stops on the NSC Roadshow tour. So you know, it's a, I feel like it's been far too long since I got to actually you know do one of these Roadshow tour interviews, man. So I'm I'm a little extra excited for this one. So I'm uh. I'm happy to have you here. Awesome. Yeah, the the the, the roadshow tour is is the tour. Seems like every day. Bam. Yeah. I'm on a podcast. Talking comics. Yeah, you know, it's it's surprising how much it helped. I'm not gonna lie. When I first started doing this, it was, you know, I had this like, hey, I'm gonna give people a platform, but at the same time, I kind of knew like who the fuck am I? You know, so more than anything, it was like, hey, I'm gonna make people think they're getting a platform and I get to talk to people, but surprisingly enough, it is rather effective to go onto a podcast and promote. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm more than happy to do this now. It's kind of like a, a win-win situation. Um, for me it's not just a honestly it was really never just that it, from the get-go I was I was surprised um, even some of the first podcasts uh, seeing the, the, the way the indie creator market even with kickstarters before COVID and all of that seeing how successful um, and you know they, they really can be 
just by talking to some people that are excited about their shit. Um, so yeah, I, I'm, 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 I'll never stop losing my excitement for this, man. This is, this is awesome. And the roadshow tour, it's rather effective. Their, their uh, success rate is, uh, rather, rather high. <laughs> you can't argue it. So there you go, man. Kevin knows what he's doing over there. Yeah. You know, Kickstarter, like it's amazing, by the way, I just want to point that out because, uh, that's where all the really creative stuff is right now. You know, yeah. it's the, it would be, I would say it was the modern version of, of Vertigo or the okay. old distribute distri- distribution. You know, like in the 90s, we had Kitchen Sink Distribution, which was like an indie distributor for anybody who wasn't part of the other two distributors. And you got all the weirdo stuff on Kitchen Sink, you know. And <clears throat> that's how kind of Kickstarter feels to a lot of us right now because we don't have anybody, you know, binding us to what we can and can't do. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I've never heard that comparison before, but now I think that's going to stick with me. Um, no, I like that. Uh, that's, you know, the, the Kickstarter never really ceases to impress and amaze me either. You know, just when you think, okay, it's going to start burning out any minute now. Uh, no, um, it, it's just some new big badass decides they're going to take their project to Kickstarter or some surprising thing happens like, um, the OZ getting nominated for a Ringo award for, I mean, it, it was a Kickstarter book and it's, mm-hmm. it, I mean, it's just, it, it's undeniable now. It really is. And I'm sure a lot of my listeners are probably tired of me here, tired of hearing me continue to go on about how undeniable uh, Kickstarter is, but I mean, here it is. <laughs> We're still talking about it. It's, uh, it's a beautiful thing. What's happened. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I think it's really there's a there's a good reason for it too. Uh, distribution's really challenging right now, uh, even for the shops. Mm-hmm. And you know, uh, publishers want to go sure bets, right? They're getting kind of like they're taking a lesson from Hollywood, right? Is there a sure bet? That's what we're going to go for, right? Just like um, there's six types of movies you can make in Hollywood, there's uh, you know, like eleven types of comics that are being made right now, for the most part. I mean, obviously right. there, you know, are exceptions, but that's that's why comics are superior, because exceptions are allowed. But um, yeah, no, and that's that's uh, no. Continue on, continue on. I'm sorry. Well, I was gonna say, well, we, you know, we we had publisher off- offers, uh, you know, because we're made. Our team is made up of pros, uh, but they wanted to change things and they want to own a lot. And I can see that's that's why a lot of pros have been jumping over to Kickstarter if they're not working on a big IP that's already owned mm-hmm. uh if they want to do their own launch or their own thing it's easier to go to kickstarter and give it a trial run than it is to talk a publisher into it because the publisher is going to want to change things like with our series starlight they wanted to change one of our main characters uh drug addiction and that doesn't make sense for that character's epic transition as a character mm. like we chose a very specific relatable drug because her superpowers relate heavily to what that drug enhances in a human so was it a matter of them saying well they can't they can't be addicted to drugs or they're like nah, we think heroin would be better no that's I exactly mean, what they did they were like well what if she needed cocaine really well, what the <laughs> fuck is the point of making the change then i mean that's that's just uh see that makes it was no so sense. arbitrary um, yeah. yeah uh it was uh it was you know like uh what it, you know because one of our characters does ecstasy she has an ecstasy issue right but her power also revolves around her ability to touch things right if she uh-huh. touches them any form of matter she touches she can dissolve into nothing right that's that's her whole power so touch 
is a huge aspect of who she is as a character. We chose ecstasy because that that drug, it's high, is known for increasing a person's sense of touch, uh, right? So it plays a big role in how her superpowers work and why she get, got addicted to it. See, they wanted we, somebody fast and annoying. That's what they wanted. Right. Or they wanted drugs <laughs> that safer, you know. Uh, she, she could do cocaine, or we can make up a drug that's exactly the same and everyone would understand it. Right. And we were like, well, that takes away from the fact that she also ended up getting into rave culture because she's a former child superstar, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, she's going through this trauma and it's a big part of who she is. So we were like, ah, we're going we're gonna to move away. We went to Kickstarter, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, that's, uh, that, that, that's an admirable move, too, because, I mean, there are a lot of people out there, but like, well, it's right there and we can get so-and-so's label on our book. And, you know, it, it, you know it's, it's whatever. Well, we're, we're, we're comic book creators. But at the same time, I mean, no, somebody created a comic with your idea at that point. You know, I mean, yes, it happens. And uh, I'm sure that stuff is out there way more than we really realize. You know, there's a lot of creators out there that probably won't admit that that happened once it happened because I'm, but you know, it's, uh, to, to see somebody actually turn away the easy money to, to for the sake of, you know, art and integrity. Um, I mean, there's, that's, that's why, well, that's why the Kickstarter Avenue was really created. I mean, it's, it's, it, it, uh, I love it, man. And it, it, it's admirable to you guys as creators, especially being, you know, like I said, a team of pros. You know, I mean, you've <laughs> it's it, it, it uh, man, I can't imagine how, how how difficult it really I don't know, maybe it was wasn't difficult. I mean, was that an easy decision for you to say no, we're going to keep it difficult as long as it's ours? You know, here I'll tell you the truth. Uh Brett, my partner, and Greg both have pretty strong IPs. I have really weak IPs under my belt. Now, I've worked in and out of Hollywood, but when it comes to comic books, my 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 name my credits are really really weak so when we got an offer i was like let's do this i need it for my for my portfolio and they were both like the offer is terrible like we won't own this character or these characters or this comic if you if we give it up to this company and from their perspective right brett's had a major film adaption of one of his books by Disney. And it was a blockbuster, like a multi-million dollar Bruce Willis in the lead role, the last big Bruce Willis blockbuster, which is surrogates. Mm, and yeah. Brett has no control over that anymore. Right. Uh, uh, you know, he doesn't, you know, he's not rolling in money or anything. He's got the same pickup truck. He said he bought in 1996. I love know, it. This is in a small apartment in Portland, you know, so the deal we were being offered you know, it was some money up front and then a lot of percentage on back end, right? The thing is, is there doesn't seem to really be a back end anymore. In fact, a lot of that, a lot of the problems everyone's having with Hollywood right now is studios are always finding ways to not have a back end to pay out a percentage on the IP after a movie's released to the creators. And that's a big mm. problem. Yeah, I'd say. Yeah. I mean, they always have money for executives and they always tell the magazines and the trades you know, that they've made money. But then when they go back to accounting and it comes back to the creator and the owner who has these points or the actors that were in it, you know, who had points on it, right? They always tell them, well, actually didn't make any money. You know, and so you don't see money after that upfront cash. So for instance, one of our offers for the entire series, because the series is seven, seven issues long, 
We okay. the offer was less than the amount of money we made from the first two issues profits combined <laughs> doing Kickstarter. So we've made more off Kickstarter now than we were going to make off our initial run with this guy with these guys, and we probably would never saw back points ever back in points right or any type of residual. So we still got three more issues. So right now we're sitting golden when it comes to that. But the trade off is that we have about three hundred fans. Instead of three thousand fans, that, so well, yes, yes, that 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 is indeed the trade-off, and that's that's the thing that people, you know, kind of. That's why other people may gravitate towards the other side of the seesaw, is because in the end, it's just bigger numbers. Um, at times, on on some aspect, but in, but in this case, the bigger numbers seem to fall where there's money, and you would think that that would be the 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 way to go, because in the end, I mean. Uh, you, 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 to to have everything all together, it's all yours, and you still get to pocket some money to help. I would, you know, I mean, uh, I would imagine invest the next thing, um, make it that much better. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it it, it really is a it, it's a scary trade off because at the same time, three thousand fans could also do its thing too. I don't know. I I don't know how one could really make that decision. But uh, coming down to the fact that, yes, you don't have somebody else promising you money that they're really trying not to pay you. Um, and uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to, I, I mean, I can't imagine what a, or, well, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think of what company out there would do it. But in the end, all, all I guess all of them would still kind of have that same type of, uh, I don't know. I, I think you know what I'm trying to say, but at the same, I'm, I'm trying not to call out names here. You know that, that that's really what it is. You trying not to talk about the about mice? I'm sorry. Are you trying not to mention any mice in your, any... In your <laughs> the company? Yeah, maybe. You're already talking about mice because you're afraid the mice mafia might come for you. Well, you know, you know. <laughs> I mean, it's a good thing to fear because I did a pitch with uh, a, a a mouse mafia once. They they had stuff for me that I they had published independently nearly 10 years before they pulled me in for that meeting. And I, I didn't even have a copy of the floppy and it was a Pacific Northwest release only. And somehow when I got to their meeting down in Hollywood, this mice mafia, uh, they had a copy of it. Something I, I actually asked if I could have it before I left. Cause I didn't have a copy of that book anymore. Wow. So you, so you're very real in the sense that you probably don't want to talk too much about the mice mafia. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a it's, it's, it's a small world, man. <laughs> it's it's a small industry, and yeah. Um, but uh, I mean, wait, 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 all, all of that aside, I mean, geez, you, that's, that's I'm sure a lot of listeners, right? A lot of the listeners out here are aspiring creators. You know, that's why they listen, tune into these creator corners because they're taking notes on all of this. And Jesus Christ, I don't think their notepad has ever consisted of any of this based off of uh, any of the interviews that I've done. And I've done a few, man. I've done a few. You got some good stuff for us, Travis. This is awesome. Um, yeah, no. Uh, so, I mean, you, you you make the decision to go to Kickstarter with this um, Starlight, and you have two successful ones, right? We're, or three successful. Are we looking at issue four now? I guess we would. Yeah, I mean, issue, yeah, four, it, yeah. issue four is on Kickstarter right now until October 18th. So Ooh, awesome. Can we plug it real fast? Uh, the, here we go www.starlight s-t-a-r-l-i-t-e comic.com 
And that will take you to whatever Kickstarter is active. And right now it's issue four. Badass, man. You said this is a um, seven issues total, right? Mm-hmm. No, are all seven issues, and it will conclude at the end. There will be an appropriate, satisfactory conclusion. That's awesome, man. I think seven issues is a. I don't know. I think that's just a good length of a story. You know, it's not <clears throat> a, a huge roller coastery type of. Oh, here comes the middle arc. You know, oh boy. And you know, no, I think a, a, a good six, seven issue arc is i don't know i think it it has all of the potential to tell a good story i don't know how people do like micro series and tell stories and two issues and stuff like that i I don't know unless they're oversized issues but in the end are they is it really only two issues then but um no no, i i I dig it man and after reading the three i'm (laughs) i'm anxious to see where the other four go that's for sure um and like i said this is something because it's a kickstarter book i don't I don't want to speak too much in detail. Um, I mean, we could tiptoe around some stuff you, you, for sure. You can go ahead and talk. I, I have no problems with people talking on the show up to the current issue. Okay. You know, that's always been my rule. We can talk about up to the current issue because those issues are out there. People can find them. So I'm okay with it. So bring it on. Plus, I need the validation. Tell me. <laughs> <laughs> right on yeah no there's not a lot of cons out there to be validated that as a creator um that's 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 where a lot of the validation comes in um so i I mean dude it's uh let's well before we get into it i guess let's let's have you give the pitch as to what this story is um without i mean without me coming in and people trying to piece together what the hell we're talking about oh man i don't want anybody to know what happens i'm trying to suck all right well so the, the, the pitch for Starlight really is, is it's about two childhood superheroes. Maybe you read Power Pack as a kid or, or the uh, Tandy Kids. I don't know, right? But what happens to someone or some kids if they have superpowers as children and they become teenagers and they don't get to be superheroes anymore? They have to go back to normal school. They have to go back to normal life. They have to keep that secret identity even from their parents. They can never go back. What happens to someone that goes through that trauma? What happens to some kids that fought alongside Spider-Man against Dr. Doom and now can't tell anyone that ever happened? Right. So what we did is we, we, we took two superheroes called the Ultra Kids and we said, okay, now at the beginning of the series, they're just ordinary teenagers that have to go to high school. And they're dealing with that past trauma, right? And then when... With all that going on, they start partying. They start doing what childhood superstars do. After a night of raving all night, they get kidnapped by transdimensional space, uh, uh, <clears throat> transdimensional spider wizards. Naturally. Yeah, because that's what happens. And now <laughs> they got to figure out how to escape transdimensional spider wizards and space pirate cats in a spaceship, right? They have to figure out how to escape that. And the only way they can is to try to figure out how to be superheroes again in order to save each other. Love it. I love it, man. And that's, uh, I mean, that's what this series stays true to throughout. I mean, at least these first three issues. And um, I, I, I don't know. There's, it's, <laughs> um, there, there seems to be some sort of uh, trouble going on with, the, with Sarah here. I love her design, by the way. You know, oh, that's I mean, a she's, lot of Brett. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, she, she totally, I mean, without even knowing her story, you look at her and you're like, oh, she likes drugs. You know, it's, 
I mean, it, it, it's, it's right on the head, man. It's, 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 it's awesome. And I mean, this is the story or the, the character that is struggling with, uh, with, with the drug addiction that we mentioned earlier. And yeah, man, I don't know. I did. Uh, she, she's immediately the one that I'm drawn to, but this third issue, it's, it's setting up some shit for, her. I mean, you know, they keep mentioning the fact that her powers are, I mean, this is kind of spoilery, but you know, her powers are, you know, going away and, um, they, they yeah, they're, they're, they're they're far from uh, <laughs> completing the mission, I guess. They're getting the hell out of there. So I don't know, man. It's it's. Uh, I, I I'm I'm digging where the hell this is going now. And to to talk about what we haven't read yet, I mean, um, with, with the the fourth issue on Kickstarter, um, I mean, pitch people the 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 the, the issue here. I mean, what, what what's what's going on? Given that you know we kind of know what we know now, with just with the pitch and. Um, you know what 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 starlight's going or not starlight jesus um sarah is going through um personally and yeah well so this is where we're at we have three characters right we have sarah who was who was six years old or five years old when she got her powers so almost her entire life she's had superpowers and now she has to be an ordinary person and the only way she can get her superpowers to work now is if she's high yeah yeah mm-hmm. She, we have the older brother, Chris, who was the leader of them when they were kids, right? And they were famous. But he doesn't have superpowers anymore. And he's kind of a goody two-shoes. He's very responsible because he's driving that trauma of, I'm going to get back there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find a way back to being a superhero the minute I get old enough. That's Chris's driving goal. Yeah. And then something that's not, you know, doesn't sound easy, but they were kidnapped while they were being chased down by a reporter who was trying to prove that they were who they are, named Roger, who is a former journalist, kind of a jerk, kind of a, you know, uh, he's he, literally, he's just a, a paparazzi, right? He's a paparazzi journalist. He's kind of a creeper. And he got kidnapped with him, and he has a similar trauma. He's had that past where he was a rock star journalist, a war correspondent, but that career was long gone and behind him and he's not going to get it back you know and he's he's siphoning off the superhero thing to keep himself relevant and he gets kidnapped with him so we have these three characters on a spaceship isolated from the world they don't know how they got there they don't know who's kidnapped them they don't know why they've been kidnapped but only one of them has powers and they only have his powers as long as they are high on ecstasy the minute the pills wear off she can't help anymore oh man uh, it's <laughs> uh that, that all of that man it's just he- it's heavy stuff for sure i mean it's, it's it's it creates anxiety even thinking about that you know i mean all you got all these uh, there's just all these emotions swirling around uh throughout this story you know I mean, a lot of i don't know relatable stuff in a way i mean i can't say like super you know hero relatable but you know dealing with has beenness, if you will um and I, I identity and i don't know there's there's a lot in here um that, that's not necessarily surface level you know and that's that's what i dig about a comic is it's not always a, right right there i mean you, you got to kind of dig into it a little bit to see what the hell the writer has to say and i mean so i mean that makes me ask where did this story boil up from with you i mean is this uh you're 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 not a first time creator mm-hmm. you know i mean as far as storytelling goes so uh, what what made this be your 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 first comic um well this is my first kickstarter comic but or kickstarter um, comic sorry yeah. 
So uh, to be honest, uh, Brett and I were at Burning Man and we were really messed up on ecstasy and we were watching the sunrise and I was like, let's make a drug comic. No, I'm kidding. Um, but we were, we, we were actually, at, we were at Burning Man and Brett and I've known each other. We were originally teamed up uh, down in Hollywood on a film that never, uh, it got stuck in production hell, right? So uh, there's these things called packages or, uh, that they do where they say, we're going to make a movie and we're going to use everybody from our agency, right? We're going to use a writer from our agency, an artist from our agency, actors from our agency, a director from our agency. We're going to tie them all together. We're going to make a graphic novel that we know we already have an option for to make a film. And that was this package that was we were part of, right? Okay. We got packaged together to make a graphic novel and have that be a screenplay that was already tied to it, to a director and to an actor. And they were going to make a movie as soon as they got the comic book out and they were going to blow it up like the comic book's the biggest thing in the world and then make a movie, no matter what. Like, this is how it is. Those exist. Like, you would be surprised how many times a graphic novel comes out with already intention and the knowledge that the film is in production. Oh, yeah. You yeah, know, all no, people it's... already tied to it. Yeah, um, uh, you know, the, the, the more I, I do this and, and do these interviews, the, the, the more I, I realize this for sure. It, it, more often than not, people come into the, you know, the, the book was made with the intention of there being a movie from the get-go. You know, it, it wasn't going in fingers crossed saying, I hope somebody discovers this book. It's, we need this book so that we can make the movie. Right, and, we gotta yeah. the IP is viable. And you know what a good clue to that is? If the book equals six floppies, that's a very good clue. Mm -hmm. Because yeah, I mean, about that's... six floppies, you know, easily adapts into a screenplay. Yes, it does. 120 pages uh, about. Or, uh, yeah. well, well, 90 110 to 100 pages. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 90 to 110 pages. But okay. So, okay. Super easy to convert, and look—you've already got all your, uh, your, uh, uh, oh man, thing. I just forgot the term for uh, interiors, but for film. Anyways. Oh, you're, yeah, yeah. I, I know what you're talking about. Um, the, 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 oh my gosh, I can't think of the word either. Yeah, Jesus yeah. Christ. So they, everything's built right, and, yep. and it's already tied together. So it, it looks great. So we were tied together on that, and then when that fell through, I kind of went back to just working you know, on gig to gig basis, uh, being a consultant and punching dialogue for various other people and, you know, advising. <laughs> but Brett and I stayed really good friends. So uh, before that, I, years ago, when I was in, when I was like 21, I used to try to pitch to Marvel all the time, mm -hmm. all the time. Right. And I had an idea back then. I wanted to do teenage superheroes that were just really bad at being superheroes. Right. Mm -hmm. So we're talking like, year 2000 i was pitching terrible terrible ideas to marvel okay. to their credit when they send you a rejection letter they break down what's wrong with your writing oh really yeah yeah well, at least back nice. then they did. yeah they would tell you straight up like this is you know you got to figure out what the beginning and the end of the story is how many you know you got to figure out a way to close the arc you're currently in but leave the arc open by page 24 stuff like that so kind of that's where i learned my craft was rejection letters nice yeah so Brett and I were at Burning Man and he had just finished another book and uh, he's like, hey, you remember when you had the idea about kids superheroes that are just really screwed up and one of them's a raver and on drugs and the other one, you know, it was a whole whole other idea, honestly. It wasn't anything like what we ended up with. And I was like, yeah, he goes, man, we, we should do a comic like that. 
I said, man, I don't, I don't want to do a comic about ravers because I used to be in the rave scene and a rave promoter and owned a nightclub. And I just don't want that on, um, on me. Like, I feel like I'm siphoning my audience. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just seems weird. It'd be like if you're a ballerina and the only comic book you ever wrote was a ballerina comic. Right. It seems, it seems cheap, right? I want to write better stuff than that. And I said, so sitting there, I was like, well, can I have transdimensional spider wizards and space pirate cats? He goes, yeah, I want to draw that. I'm like, uh-huh. okay, I'll do it. If I can. Right. So that was the beginning of it. And then uh, I sat down. I thought, what do I want to write? Cause I, I don't want to write suits. Right. I, I don't like capes. Um, those aren't the kind of comics I want to be known for. All my stuff's always been a little more wackadoodle than that, you know, which is probably why it's not great successful back in the day. But, um, I was thinking about something that was bugging me at the time and it's still bugging me to this day, which is there's a big movement of deconstructing the hero right now. Right. Mm. Alan Moore kind of set that in motion. Uh, there was stuff before that, but Alan Moore really accidentally to his credit, he tried to fix it too, but he set the motion forward for how many times can we deconstruct the justice league? Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and so once you have these deconstructed superhero ideas, they spend more time being a soap opera drama of drama and trying to all be evil to each other. So you're reading basically about villains pretending to be superheroes that you don't get anything superhero-like out of it anymore, mm-hmm. right? You're, you're, you're killing our heroes and it makes it hard for people to read that, especially young people, I think, to read that and relate to that to begin with i think it's an interesting concept for us older adults right but i think when i was a kid i read superhero comics because i wanted to escape to funner ideas that were unachievable you know right uh so i was like with a deconstructed hero and i a drug addict character i was like what if i figure maybe i can figure out a way to reconstruct two deconstructed superheroes Mm-hmm. And that's where Starlight actually came about. Can I get Chris and Sarah back to having fun adventures and being superheroes after they've been living in Alan Moore's Watchmen for the last seven, eight years? I dig it, man. I, I, I like that. I know that's, a, that's a hell of a concept. Um, you know, you keep talking about these, these deconstructed heroes. I keep having in my head this. Uh, did, you, did you read Heroes in Crisis at all? No, that got brought up on a podcast the other day, so I probably should read it. <laughs> yeah, that's deconstructing heroes. At, I mean, I use the term uh, best loosely um, because it's, it, that's exactly what it is. I mean, it, it, it's just bringing, breaking them all the way down, but then at the same time, kind of taking away all the interesting parts out of it. Um, all, all together and the entire time I mean as soon as he started saying that I started thinking about that and then you know I'm comparing Starlight to it I'm like yeah no Starlight is not that it is building up I mean we're, yeah. we're starting at a base level and yeah um, I'm piecing it all back together and I, I, I like that I, I like the idea that it's not just I mean I mean it's uh, obviously different concepts between the two entirely but at the same time yeah no i mean uh i, I get the chance to read heroes in crisis um and you, you'll you'll understand how much of a breath of fresh air starlight really is going to be um <laughs> for the audiences 
Um, it, it's because I, I haven't really seen a whole lot of that since, you know, and that was only a few years ago, two or three years ago. But it, I mean, it's 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 stuck with people for sure. So when people when this comes out, it, it, it really is. It's going to be a relief to know that the, the this genre could still be told and now, I mean, turned around, made interesting um towards even younger audiences i know you said that the you know is a um a, a concept that may be geared better towards the older audiences but at the same time i mean no nah, maybe maybe now <laughs> the deconstructed superhero can evolve its audience range and i don't know man I, I think this this uh this series has a lot of potential to do so i think it just needs to be completed in its entirety before all of the eyes eventually fall on it but I, I like where the hell this is going travis this is the really it, it, it's so much deeper than i mean i keep saying it than skin surface oh. i mean it's it's it, there's so much to this man well I, I can break it down even deeper i mean like <laughs> each of the characters has unfulfilled destiny issues including the villains that you'll figure out later mm. right they all have all of them have a different way of approaching what they're trying to succeed at all of them think that they're the hero of the story you know, every every character in this book thinks they're doing the right thing. I'll give you that hint. And that they're actually the hero. And except for Sarah, Sarah's the only one who doesn't want to be doing this. In fact, when we, Greg and I were working on the book together, because we brought in Greg Smith from Junior Scouts, uh, Junior Braves of the Apocalypse, Sony Press. Mm-hmm. And Greg really helped me out because I used to be, you know, uh, uh, when I would uh, help consult to people, you recognize certain things that writers do over and over again. Then when I was working on this book, I was having this, I was doing those things. So I had to get an outside friend who I trusted as a very good creator and bring them in. So Greg, right, Greg came in to help us out. And one of the issues we were having was I couldn't, and neither could Greg, we couldn't get Sarah to talk as a character. And I don't know if all writers understand that, but sometimes your characters have a voice and you put them in situations and you can see how they would respond and you want them to talk. The problem is, is if you leave Sarah in a situation like where she'd have to be a superhero, if there's the option to make a phone call and call other superheroes or just walk off and not deal with this crap, that's what that character would do, Sarah. Mm-hmm. Like she's she's got other things to do than deal with the superhero stuff. Cause she's, she's just, she's not, she doesn't wanna be, she's it's gone, it's over. She's going to go party, right? So that's part of the reason why the book has to happen in space and a concealed spaceship so she can't just ditch out in the middle of the comic. Ah, see, ah, wise, <laughs> very wise. Right? Those are things that help Greg help bring to the table, right? Like, we got to get them stuck in space because otherwise she's just going to peace out. There can't be cell phones. There can't be internet because she will peace out, <laughs> right? Ah, very know. wise, man. I like that. See, that's... Ah, that's 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 next level stuff, man. It helps. It's gonna help uh re- retain the readers as well because you know how these nerds are, man. They're gonna pick apart everything they can. Uh, I I I I don't know. I mean, I I I I try so hard not to be. I try to just immerse myself and enjoy things. But I've consumed some material this weekend that was just so like, what the fuck am I watching? That I couldn't help but go what the shit i'm not saying this is a what the fuck am i reading type of situation i'm just saying like it's 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 consumer nature to you know try to find what's wrong with shit 
And I, I haven't really found that in Starlight at all, man. Like, the, and I didn't even, uh, didn't even dawn on me. Like, oh shit, this couldn't, this couldn't happen anywhere else, you know? Like, it's because you, you obviously, you get that sense with her. I mean, this, this, this Sarah character. I mean, it's, it's, you're not just bringing that to light to me. I mean, you immediately get the, she doesn't give a shit type of vibe from her. Like I said, she likes drugs, you know? Yeah. I mean. <laughs> She's literally a moment where she starts saying she wants to draw what she sees in her deviant art. Oh Jesus! <laughs> yeah, like, she's like, "This needs to be in my deviant art." They're like, "We are in a spaceship, dog." Get, get out. She's like, "Yeah, you oh, know, no pad and a pen. I want to draw this." Jesus, man, I love it. I love it. I, I, I really, I, you guys have something, something pretty awesome here. Um, now, uh, like I said, uh, this is going on until the 18th on Kickstarter. Yeah. October 18th is issue four, and then it'll be three issues after that. We run about three to four months between issues. Well, I mean, because that's really all Kickstarter can allow you to do, even if you guys were productive machines. Yeah. Um, yeah no, I mean, that, 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 that is the one downfall to Kickstarter is productivity rate. But at the same time, I mean, it's, it's kind of a small price to pay. You know, I mean, there's, there's, if, if you wanted to get your story out there faster, there are things that you could do if that were the case but no I, I like the pace in which you guys are going right now you know it's, it, i think it's suiting you well and yeah man i dig it so uh what wh what are some fun things to expect with the kickstarter well so we're not the best at that yet <laughs> let's be <Okay>. honest <laughs> none of us knew what we were doing when we did the kickstarter it was like oh let's do, just do kickstarter we got in there I'll tell you, the first comic we did, we we broke ten thousand right out the it, right out Damn. the gate, the first issue, and that was awesome. But we've never been able to get back there again. <laughs> you know, and uh, I've seen that that I, I've seen that very often, and even like with some big big name creators that took it over to Kickstarter, they're like, "Oh shit, so and so's coming over to Kickstarter," and they do like a fifty five thousand dollar campaign, and now they're like, "Well, I guess like thirty eights are 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 standard now after that." So it's, it's just something about that that first Kickstarter. It sets this this false uh, pretense at times, and it's yeah. Uh, but we, I can keep going. I'm sorry. Uh, we usually have around 300 people. Uh, we have about a 70 percent retention. So uh, the good news is almost everyone who bought issue one came with us. To issue two, issue three, issue four. So That's awesome. So for cool things right now. You know, we've got the normal stuff. We got stickers. We have a rave flyer that's from inside the comic. Nice. Uh, so the flyer that Sarah's at in the very first issue. Now, if issue four, you can have that flyer. Um, we got really adorable stickers this time. And we do a lot of variant covers. Um, People love variants, man. It's always smart. Well, you know, what's neat about the variants is I didn't really understand this, but all of our variant cover artists are fans of the comic and approached us kind of thing. No shit. Yeah. So like... Uh, Jenna, I Jenna Ayub, who is a artist for like Steven Universe and okay, yeah, uh, Venture Time stuff. Uh, she is friends with Greg and me, huh. uh, but mostly Greg because they toured together and stuff. And she got to read the whole series and said she'd like to do a cover. So we're like, oh, awesome, you're on the team, Jenna. Yeah, you okay. know, and totally i mean yeah no i mean that's you, you that's exactly what you say in that situation is you're on the team you liked yeah. it welcome aboard <laughs> you know we have uh we have uh mary man i always blow mary's name and i feel bad i might have to look it up uh but yeah she's a she's a my little pony artist oh you know? okay and 
and she likes the series. So she wanted to draw Sarah. She ended up sending us a whole bunch of great art with Sarah on it. So she's probably going to do a variant with the, all, all the next issues. So she'll have a variant with each issue going forward. Nice. You know, we've, we've known Ron Randall. Ron Randall taught us how to do Kickstarter. So Ron Randall, we've been touring around here for 10 years. Uh, I've even been on his island at ECC back when I was doing some other stuff. And he's just been a great, you know, inspirational person. And Ron Randall was like, hey, I wouldn't mind doing a cover for this. I, I love Sarah. He's been a backer the whole time. He backed our first issue. I didn't expect him to come around. He came around the second. He's backed us the entire time. Huge Sarah fan and a fan of Brett's coloring because Brett's really known for coloring. And so Ron came in and did a, did a cover for us. Uh, Lee Moyer, artist for like Dungeons and Dragons, uh, you know, stuff like that, magic. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a friend and he loved the series and he wanted to draw Sarah. So, you know, there's a Lee Moyer variant cover out there that he did. You know, these are, these are really strong names. In fact, we had Tom Orzenchowski working for us. And if your listeners don't know who that is, he is the letterer of letterers. Like this is the spawn letterer since spawn began. This is Chris Claremont's exclusive letterer this is the main letter for marvel this is the guy who littered lettered the first star wars comics for marvel you know uh yeah. he's when you go to college to learn what lettering is for comic books you study tom he became a fan and he joined our team outright and he's now our letterer in wow. fact you know the only the only comics he does now are comics for like todd mcfarland and and chris claremont in fact Issue four had to get scheduled carefully around a Todd McFarlane book. Jeez, man. That was surreal, right? You know, because he loves the series, you know, and it's it's doing so good. So there are these really great um, uh, uh, people joining us for this Kickstarter. And those variant covers are all from people who really love the comic. You know, any when anytime you see a variant, you can trust that. The person has read the comic book series. And yeah. That's yeah. No, I, I I would agree with that too. I think that's a that's that's a pretty fair standard to hold. Um, and when when you see that, um, you know, oh shit, so and so's doing a cover. Uh, yeah. No, that that means they they believe in the series too. They're not just trying to get paid. You know, it's 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 so much more than that, especially with these kickstarters. You know, more so with these kickstarters. Uh, so yeah, no, it's. <laughs> Uh, I, I love that. I love that you have that type of talent behind this book on all these different levels and you're, you're offering all of these variants from um, badasses. Badasses, just to put it blatant, blatantly, um, as just different offerings. And I think that's really, I think that's the, the, the best thing a Kickstarter can do. You know, you can get fancy and put out enamel pens or, you know, all of that stuff, but uh, uh, variants, man. <laughs> is showcase some art get some other artists work out there and at the same time you know make your book collectible um i think that's that's always a, a wise and safe bet you know I, I don't think the fanciest kickstarter is the most successful kickstarter by any means at all it's not who has the thickest sticker you know it's <laughs> i think it's really a, a sense of just getting other creators names out there man i mean it's and, and through it through a medium that's still fairly new you know not i mean yeah sure kickstarter has its its diehard fans that only get kickstarter books but you know lately it's just now starting to become a 
a mainstream source of obtaining comics now. So now I don't know. I, 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 I just, I love what the hell this, this, this source has done to, because I, honestly, man, I mean, w- would we be talking right now if it wasn't for Kickstarter? Because the person that offered money on the book kind of gave you, you know, offered you a shitty deal, you know, I, I might've taken it. Honestly, if Kickstarter yeah, well, didn't exist, you know, the whole reason we didn't take the deal is because Brett had done a book with David Walker on Kickstarter that had been successful. So he was aware it could be done because honestly, I was at the, I was in the mood to say, yes, I was like, I just, need, I just need the credit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, no, and that's, uh, that's where I'm at in life. No, that, and that's, that's very, very common. And there's, there's nothing wrong with that at all. It's yeah. once you get the credit. And you have that under you. And then when you could say, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to go off and do my own thing. I don't need this anymore. That that's, that's where it's at. But no, ha- obtaining that credit, it's necessary. Um, it's uh, now there's so many different ways of obtaining it. You know? Um, right. I mean, look at the, the, the team you're on. I think that in itself gives it, gives you so, you know, gives you validation and credit. <laughs> you know, these guys wouldn't be working with you if they didn't see anything with you. These guys are, you know, fucking people everybody already know you know so right. it's, uh, yeah no I, you definitely made the right move there for sure but like you said if you weren't on that team and kickstarter wasn't there i mean yeah you know, different different circumstances no doubt about it so i don't know man yeah, it's, i was gonna i was gonna bring up we do there was there's two other artists i should mention real fast because we were just talking about like people believing in the project and it having like you know real people behind uh, unlike most projects, so uh, you know, I've been doing comics for a long time and reading comics my whole life. But I've also been involved in the rave scene my whole life, right? And I mean, you can literally Google my name in Google News and find my name coming up in articles from in the past about rave culture and raves. Wow. Uh, there's a documentary out there uh, with me in it that interviews me about rave culture, sure. and um, I think what's interesting is one of the things that's really validating for me is previous comic books and film don't get raves right. They don't understand the culture. They don't understand why people are wearing what they're wearing. They don't understand the significance of what's happening. They don't understand the art. I mean, how many times have you seen a rave where everybody's wearing leather and everybody's dirty doing some sitting around looking at each other, you know, figuring out what they're going to evil thing they're going to do. That's not rave culture at all. No. And no. I, one of the things that makes me really proud is one of our cover artists this time is Pico Pico Kuma. And they're a raver artists like ravers follow piku piku because they love their art and they're also a fair in the furry community and that's the kind of thing that the character sarah would be into so that one cover there is the kind of comic that sarah might end up buying because of piku piku kuma's art because she would like that sort of thing and that makes me really proud you know the rave flyer i talked about was designed by marvel productions which is the second biggest rave promotion company in the Pacific Northwest, you know, yeah. and they Marvel himself made the flyer, you know, for this comic because he's a fan and he loves the character. He understands the thing, you know? So not only do we have validation from the comic book community, but we have actual rave community support and validation. That's big. That's big. And I mean, uh... <laughs> Uh, man that that's incredibly important as well i mean that's it, gonna do wonders for you guys uh, have you guys taken this on any type of con circuits at all yet it was covid uh, just, just kind of covid Oof. yeah 
We just did a Rose City Comic Con. In fact, you can find okay. me on a panel. There's a video of me on a panel from Grand Geek Gathering because they do the Comic Con panel. So we, I did a uh, we did Rose City Comic Con, which was fun, and we just did Spokane uh, um, Lilac City Comic Con. And I'll tell you one of the things that really really makes me happy is we sell more books to girls at cons than we sell to boys, uh-huh. and that kind of makes me happy. You know, yeah. <laughs> like. You know, I could see that. I, I really, I'm not saying this is, you know, a book for girls, but I could see this book being uh, a, a title that raises the eyebrow of the female crowd for sure. And it goes and go, oh, what the fuck is this? You know, um, because it's, it, it's, it's for everybody, goddammit. I mean, anybody that's into the scene, it's not a gender-centric book. It's like, oh, there's your token female superhero on this team. No, that's not what this is in any way, shape, or form. You know, this is so much more than it's because of the writing was what it comes down to. Um, but it's... Uh, no, I, I could totally see this bringing in a, a whole new genre of readers because... I mean, I'm not sure how many ravers there are out there that read comics. I don't know. They're like drugs. That's all I know about ravers. You know, I'm. I'm and it's I, not necessarily true, by the way. <laughs> that, that, that's that's how ignorant I am to the scene. Yeah. You know, like I I have no idea. I know the the ravers I know like drugs. <laughs> they, 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 they don't get me to go to any of that stuff with them. And I've never been to anything like that in my life. I'm fucking white bread as shit, man. Um. But uh, it's, I, I mean, I, but at the same time, I just from the friends that I know and all, I mean, yeah, no, I could totally see them being into this book because it feels authentic. It feels authentic, even though I'm ignorant to it. It doesn't look like the shit like you mentioned on TV, you know, the it's, it's it just felt different, you know, and I don't know, man, it's. I, I my the, the reason why I brought up the uh, the you know the, the concert because eventually when you get on this concert these the, I think you're gonna the the kids are gonna be following you the the, the ravers and all of that I mean the, the the audience there and I, I'm I'm excited for you to get those acclamations to have all of these people lined up at your table a fan base saying hey man you got it right because more often than not it's the internet talking about what they fucked up. And, you know, I, I, I don't see that in this, man. I, I, I think <laughs> I think you're more than likely making the people that you the genre that you're relating to. I mean, right. I think you're doing it well. Um, so I don't know. I, 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 I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Thanks, man. It makes me feel good. You know, Greg, I haven't talked enough about Greg. Greg is, you know, Greg mean we're like best friends. Right. And. You know, it's going to be hard to just choose who, which one of these guys is going to be my best man at a wedding. Mm-hmm. Greg really brings a lot of the fixing to this thing, but he also brings a lot of the spirit to Chris. So we haven't talked a lot about Chris, by the way, and I feel bad about that because people do get really obsessed with Sarah. I, I have noticed that. Um, originally, I was like kind of pushing against that because she is not the main character, but everyone gravitates her. We, w- one point, we... We didn't put Sarah on the front of a Kickstarter and every podcast, every person we talked to was like, why is Sarah not on the front? Hmm. And I'm like, she's not the main character. I'm like, no, Sarah has to be on the front. Sarah has to be on the front. I'm going, Oh my gosh, you guys are, but you know, Chris is such a great character. He is who we all wanted to be as teenagers. You know what I'm saying? Like he's reading the comics 
he's got spider-man's phone number to text him you know what i'm saying <laughs> right uh, you know uh yeah uh, he's he's out there doing the right thing he every choice he makes unlike sarah every choice he makes he makes to be a better person a responsible person because with great power comes great responsibility mm-hmm. right and in the comic he doesn't have power so we i'll bring that up chris doesn't have his powers anymore in the comic you know yeah. i'm not going to tell you why because you need to read the comic but but yet chris is a superhero every day in that comic and i am bringing that up because the comic we tried to create we tried to have realistic feeling characters you know um and so when they're reading sarah she's in an environment where we put her where everyone around her feels like if you can relate to sarah you can also relate to the people around her because they're the kind of people you would really you would have if you were sarah in your life does that mm-hmm. make sense no totally man totally and yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I, I'm glad you brought that up because I guess I'm guilty of it too. I've been going on and on about Sarah, but no, Chris really is just as valuable to the story because at this, I mean, w- w- without Chris, Sarah's a hundred percent checked out, you know? Yeah. And yeah, it's, <laughs> it's it, it, I, I don't know. I, you really, there, there's just so many layers to the story that you're telling, dude. And it's, I, 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 I can't wait for more people to, to get on it and check it out i mean i think there's 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 an audience uh, several audiences for this several audiences it's not just uh well if you like drugs this is the or you know if you like superheroes or if you like deconstructive superheroes or i mean it's it there's there's just so many different <laughs> uh man i don't know it's i could see this doing very well um now let's uh, i'm gonna get ahead of myself here or perhaps ourselves let's just say seven issues from now um the uh the the book's done and somebody comes at you or even maybe the same company and says well we want the trade of this you know i mean did uh, what are the uh what are the thoughts on that <laughs> that may or may not have already happened okay <laughs> uh yeah well you know that's fine because we already own the ip outright that's it you know uh that actually came up with that con spokane so we were having a little bit of trouble selling. Floppies are not easy to sell. This no, they're not. Uh, the fact that we're even hitting 10,000 on floppies is crazy to a lot of people. That's insane. Um, yeah. Yeah. Especially since we don't know how to have all, we don't have like all this original art and stuff. We don't have any of that. We just have a couple of variants and some floppies. Hope you love it. You know, uh, and they're cheap. So it's not like they're, I mean, not real cheap, but I mean, like they're inexpensive. We're not like adding a whole bunch of overhead to do this, you know? Right. Uh, but like, uh, I just totally forgot where I was going. Oh, yeah. Oh, what the trade. So we, okay. were, we were having a hard time getting the, uh, the floppy to go. Apparently there was an IP uh, um, panel with lawyers. They were talking about owning your IP and how important it is to own your IP. Mm-hmm. You know, and it is, it's extremely important because then when we get in that situation to negotiate, we own the trademarks. I filed all our copyrights. I have a contact at the copyright office now. <laughs> you know, like, wow. That's a real thing in my life, you know? Um, and that gives us a lot more bargaining power, especially if we can show that this is a comic that was, that had a 70 some odd percentage, you know, uh, a retention rate at Kickstarter. That's a good thing for us to have a, a bargaining chip. You know, and um, at that convention, this lawyer apparently had bought our was like the only guy who bought us that book that day. 
right? One or one floppy guy who bought a, flop, a couple of floppies. He brought it up in the panel, and we sold out of freaking floppies at the panel. Oh at, shit! You know, uh, because everybody rushed to go see this book that this guy's talking about. The owners own the book outright, and how good it is. Because that was the other thing he brought up. He's like, "This is a really professional, really great book that these guys could have sold probably to a big, you know, big publisher, and they did it on their own." And he applauded us for it because it gives us bargaining power in the future. Wow. Well, what a break. <laughs> I mean, that's a hell of a break, but at the same time, being used as an example for such important information. I mean, mm. that's, mm -hmm. um, I, I know what letters you're talking about too, because um, the, the writer's block podcast that David Avaloni and Ryland Grant does, they, they, I'm pretty sure those <laughs> are the same lawyers they had on. Cause they had I like this... Avaloni. I wonder if that's how they found out too. Wonder, Cause David Avaloni is a good friend <laughs> and he knows oh, the story. <laughs> it's, it's a small industry, buddy. I mean, it's, it's very yeah. rare that I talk to somebody that doesn't know somebody at this point that I haven't already talked to. It's 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 crazy. Uh, I, I love it. I love it. Um, yeah, that's so weird because David Avaloni actually knows the IP story with us. And he was the one who was like, just 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 go for it. He says, you have the best thing going right now. He really because I, I, I talked to him. I was like, man, I'm a little depressed that we didn't sell out. And he's all like, no, you're in the right place. <laughs> <laughs> it's scary but just go love it yeah. man love it isn't uh it's a beautiful thing yeah um man this is uh, uh so the 18th is when the uh the, the, the kickstarter ends um once again the uh starlightcomic.com it's the easiest place to find it right i yep. got that right yep badass man um travis dude this is this has been a lot of fun. I'm not going to lie. You know, we got over an hour here of somebody who I had no history of other than the three issues that you gave me going in. Um, that says a lot, man. <laughs> this, is a, this is a hell of a conversation. Um, there's notepads that have been filled out with stuff that in the hundred plus interviews that I've done, nobody's talked about before. Vital, vital information on top of it all. I mean, um, I apologize if I seem checked out at any point in time. I'm that uh, my brain's been processing everything that you've said um, because it's it's incredible stuff here, man. Um, I, I the Starlight book, dude. I I cannot wait to see this this book out in completion. I know we've got a few months to go before that happens. In the meantime, you know, don't get ahead of ourselves. We got issue four to look forward to next. But I think once this trade gets out, dude, it's a uh, <laughs> you're in for a hell of a ride as a comic book creator that validation screw their label man this is this is it i love it well you know i'll point out too uh anything helps on the kickstarter it helps us move forward and if people uh are weary of buying a bunch of hard floppies you know on that kickstarter for 12 dollars, you can get all four issues that's crazy as, as a digital as a digital yeah no that's that's, so. that's awesome man um it's that, that's a good healthy healthy uh chunk of time to read man i mean yes yeah. i dig it i dig it um so and that's that's another important thing too people think oh i gotta go to kickstarter and then i gotta pay shipping and all this other shit and i gotta wait for it to be printed or you could just go digital and uh get it before you know you have to wait for it to be printed and get it at a discounted rate and at the same time still you know help out the creators by throwing them a, 
a little chunk of change their way and it adds up quick man it really does it's it's a i i'm i get snoopy sometimes and i i'll follow a kickstarter that you know i'm invested in like it's my own you know i'll, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll go check the screen like every two hours just to be like hey cool <laughs> they made another hundred bucks sweet <laughs> you know? because yeah especially if it's a creator that i've had on the show you know like i i like i like to watch their success happen and uh i don't know man it's I look forward to watching the meter on this one. Let's put it that way. You know, and it's, I don't know, man, you really have something here, Travis. It's, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. And like I said, Ink Marketing, they know how to sniff them out, dude. I, mean, yeah. <laughs> um, Thanks, I hope we get to do this again. You know, I, I look forward to the, the next project you have coming, man, because I can only imagine, you know, it's, it's not over after Starlight. You know, oh yeah, I mean, the other books are already written. It's just the 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 Kickstarter slowness are deciding for instance Kickstarter for the next. It's the same. It's going to be the same discussion every book now. Right. No, I I, I get you. I get you. Do, is there anything else that you know you and the team might be uh working on outside of Starlight, or maybe even not this team, another team you might be putting together? Yeah, yeah. There's a there's like we had a couple of other books. Uh, there's talks with some other creators about us helping them get on uh, Kickstarter as well. Uh, so, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, I have another book lining up right now that, I have a, that I'm working on. And then there is talk about doing a, a, sto- a short story after Starlight's over that's still happening in the Starlight world with Sarah and Chris and everybody. Cool. Hell yeah, man. Ah, that's yeah. what we want to hear. We want to hear that it's there, there's there's more in the works for Travis Webb because we're just uh, I mean, it's, it's just been a tease for me at this point. Like, I'm just getting to know you now and. <laughs> right exactly drugs man <laughs> i learned that from raves <laughs> <laughs> yep um uh, man this this is this has been awesome uh you have social media where people can find you travis yeah yeah uh, of course you can find us at starlight comic on any of the platforms so s-t-a-r-l-i-t-e uh that'll get you to any of the platforms and then my personal is webworks w-e-b as in boy b as in boy w-e-r-x and you can find that on any social media and, you know there's greg smith who you can find as greg smith anywhere on social media and brett Wadelli, who has a huge portfolio man if you want to have someone cool on your show that guy's been in the industry almost 20 years he's worked for marvel he's had two big giant films made he worked on southland tales 20 days later he's worked directly for the rock you know so uh, yeah all right he's a great guest to have too <laughs> hell yeah man um I, I i could say one thing he draws a hell of a comic when starlight that's for damn sure he His makes it, is, it, it i mean he he it's it's like not even second nature normally i go through and i'm like dissecting the art but I, there was nothing to really dissect it was all just i was immersed you know yeah. I, it was it, uh, i love it man well, Travis, it really has been a pleasure. You feel free to reach out to me anytime you want, man. I enjoyed the hell out of this conversation today. I, we were talking in the green beforehand. I was groggy. I like took a nap beforehand. And here I am ready to go like run a mile. <laughs> this is exciting. Awesome. I'm glad I brought you energy, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, all right, brother. Well, uh, I hope my energy doesn't wear you down any. I will, uh, I'm going to let you go. And uh, we'll, we'll be talking soon. Thanks. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks. Thanks to all your fans. Ah, yeah, man. It's it's definitely my pleasure. And uh, I'm, they're, they're thanking you. They are, because especially these these 
these aspiring creators because you, you really you knowledge bombs dude knowledge bombs. i love it <laughs> Thank you. all right brother you stay safe yeah bye cheers have it another creator has been cornered another episode in the books travis webb starlight on kickstarter now remember you got to go over to kickstarter and check this shit out whether you're into the rave scene maybe into the furry scene into the drug scene fuck into the comic book scene if we really want to broaden the spectrum there this is a this is a fun one to check out no doubt about it so once again head on over to kickstarter and uh yeah See, see, just experience, which would, would, would Travis Webb and myself have been talking about for the last, oh, I don't know, hour or so. So, uh, yeah, man, um, it's, it's been great. It's been great. I enjoyed the hell out of my conversation. Um, now, uh, while you're while you're on the, the the computer doing fancy things like signing up for Kickstarters and whatnot, yeah, after that, scoot on over to uh, Podchaser podchaser.com leave yourself a review of this episode or even the show in general Um, because you could review just about anything on podchaser what's podchaser you might ask well you're gonna have to experience it for yourself because there's nothing else like it out there so if you're somebody that is a uh, um, a podcasting enthusiast or a listener uh, you don't have to be a podcaster but just a podcast enthusiast and then, um, uh, yeah, you have to check out Podchaser. And while you're at it, make sure you like and follow the hashtag Apocalypse list. You'll know when you get there. Just click on list. You'll see it right up there at the top. And, um, uh, yeah, follow all of the great shows intertwined in the family that is the Apocalypse. And there's also iTunes where you can leave reviews as well. But you probably knew that, right? All right, people. Um, it's It's been a hoot. Uh, I will... Uh, I will talk to you the next time there's things about comics to talk about. In the meantime, I command you stay safe and read responsibly. Cheers, fuckers. You're listening to Cheers to Comics podcast. Hey, everyone. I'm Monty Michael Moore, and this is the Cheers to Comics podcast with Brian Wayne. This is Drew Zucker. You're listening to Cheers to Comics podcast. This is Mark Russell, and you're listening to the Cheers to Comics podcast. Podcast recommendations, you ask? Brian Wayne here, co-curator of The Apocalypse, And I know that sounds gnarly. That's because it is gnarly, man. The Apocalypse. What is The Apocalypse? The Apocalypse is a 
culmination of the gnarliest podcast, independent podcast the internet has to offer. So instead of trying to go to Twitter the next time you uh, need a new podcast to listen to and try to get Twitter famous, podcast recommendations, please. Just think the apocalypse, man. And it's ironic because the apocalypse is only the beginning. It's only the beginning. Just go to podchaser.com. It's, it's in the top list. The top list in the whole world. So whether you're looking for true crime, sports, uh, role-playing, uh, I don't know, anything, anything. Think of a podcast. It's on the apocalypse. It's like the apocalypse with a D. Hmm. And do not forget to follow the apocalypse on Twitter as well. Once again, that is the apocalypse. If you're looking for a podcast recommendation, the apocalypse is sure to have something for you. Good morning. Brian Wayne here to tell you about my new podcast, The Real Brains. The Real Brains podcast is a show coming out daily, dedicated to the everyday struggle of just the average human being. From troubles with rage to uh, anecdotes about uh, very strange human interactions, this podcast really is just a... uh, somebody that's all too familiar with the struggle i'm here to let you know that you are not alone so come laugh at uh our pain together every single weekday every place you can catch a podcast check out the real brains with brian wayne remember stay sane hey what's up everybody this is joey calvez i want to tell you guys a little bit about the department of metahuman affairs this one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg, but their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment, action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one. All you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the Department of Metahuman Affairs or DMA and check it out right now. 